0: Hey there, everybody. This is Jarrell from the 440. Um, Again, my name is Jarrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast on anchor.fm forward slash 440. You can also catch it on other streaming platforms as well, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, many other ones. But again, if you do not have any of those apps whatsoever, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash 440, like, subscribe, and whatever you're listening to. And uh, I have a very special guest. Um, I've been I've kind of been thinking about this guest of having them on something to get them to express uh, just to kind of tell their story, because this is a very good friend of mine uh, and I hold him to a very high standard, especially when it comes to creativity. Uh, This man, I consider him like the Bob Dylan of today when it comes to writing music. He's written over three hundred songs. He's had, um, he's been in multiple bands. Um, he does play multiple instruments. Uh, a master songwriter, uh, and just creative in, in, in its entirety in every sense of the word. Uh, Dominic Promo, Dominic, how are you, man?
1: I'm doing well, Gerald. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for you know taking the time to do this. Um, it's been a long time coming for me
1: <laughs> it has considering how often i see you <laughs> i've been looking forward to coming on uh, you know i know when you started out your podcast yeah it was something that i was like i'm definitely down to come and hang out and talk for a little while cool man i love talking awesome i will say though um bob dylan of our friends <laughs> can i curse too
0: yes i, I will won't be, I, I will be pressing the explicit button so please please do so
1: well, thank you for having me. Either way, <laughs> if you needed to cut it, I'll just start with thanks for having me again, Darrell. Glad to be here. No problem. Hey,
0: so uh, you have um, you have a you have a you have a pretty um, amazing story, in my opinion, and I, I don't mean to. I'm not being fake by any means of the word. I I, re, uh, I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot for you for you to say, um, and you've expressed that by me just looking at your stack of papers, that <laughs> is, songs that you've written, uh, that if you, if this was videotaped, uh, he has a stack of songs, and he found them, and they're practically all of the songs, if not most yeah. of them, um, and it's a pretty high stack of papers that have lyrics on them.
1: Probably like 98% of it. I really? Would, I would argue that there is... Very few that are missing, and it's surprising to me that they've lasted this long. And yeah. my, you can tell that I don't keep them; that I don't keep them up very well.
0: There's a <laughs> bunch of uh, papers and and all kinds of loose leaf stuff. I would still find this. That I mean, given that it, I feel like you're a pretty organized person. Like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to to pull all the music or things that I've written together and yeah have them on the desk. You know,
1: yeah. I guess that comes from it. It's a. It's a form of, you know, when they talk about, like, oh, he's, you know, maybe they think, or he's organized, or he's clean. Uh, I'm particular. Yeah. I'm just particular. I just hold things. It might be messy, but I hold that mess in a certain spot, and I don't try to, try to lose things. Yeah. I'm working really hard right now, actually, on, um, oh, shit. Sorry about that. No, you're good. I... Um, I'm working really hard on actually transcribing a lot of the songs that I think are are decent that I can play yeah. and transcribing them into little notebooks that I can carry around and actually keep that, you know, should anything happen to me or the work itself. Right. You know, I have these little these readings of them. So I'm
0: working just, on that just right stamp now. stamp copyright or just mail them all to yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm going to forget them in my mailbox.
0: Uh, so I want to go... I love the origin mentality when it comes sure. to podcasts podcast and whatnot. Because um, I'm but, a hero. Because you're a <laughs> <you're> hero. <laughs> <own. laughs> is that Creed or the Creed song? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Spider-Man. Uh, it just takes me back. Um, but I would like to go. You deserve an origin story, definitely, if anyone that Thanks. I have known. So um, tell me tell me first how you got interested into music when you you know Mm -hmm. uh just way from the very beginning like how did you get into how did you get in the notion of you know being interested in music and playing guitar things like that
1: um you know i think that comes from my parents uh i have very musical oriented family they don't really play any instruments themselves Mm -hmm. but music was always a center of our household growing up um i have a huge um, huge, great memories of listening to uh, albums like A Hard Day's Night mm-hmm. and the Beach Boys, probably a compilation. I'm sure my dad wasn't into individual Beach Boys albums, but he loved those <laughs> hits. Uh, and so, you know, I, I totally remember them playing it on CDs, mm-hmm. Child of the 90s. And, um, and so we used to listen a bunch and sing along in the car. And um, I have vivid, vivid memories of my mom listening to Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. uh, probably when I was like around five nice and uh what's going on which is has become my favorite uh, one of my favorite albums full-time and um she would acknowledge that and um, just growing up you know they were my parents always loved having music around and my mom especially always encouraged um finding music for us and letting us listen to things and i would dance around the house to michael jackson so Mm. the performer side you know listening and, and jumping around to all kinds of music and acting it out yeah and um so I think that left a really big mark uh, just remembering having these specific memories of albums that I I do love to this day and mm. um it's cool now cuz I get to interpret them and like why are they why are they sticking with me why are they good Yeah um and so you know growing up so that was around and we uh funny enough the first instrument that I ever asked for when I was probably 14 maybe, mm-hmm. and was a drum kit. I wanted to be a drummer. Really? Turns out I'm a terrible drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Not for lack of trying. I'm getting better, I swear. Um, I asked for a drum kit, and I had that drum kit for a long time, and I think it just it bothered me to be loud. Yeah. I didn't want to like be showing off mistakes, and, and drums required a certain level of, I think, commitment and... Um, and just having some balls to play that shit loud. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of,
0: no, I, I, I completely understand. There's a huge vulnerability. Like when you're playing guitar, like there's a couple things where you're like, Oh, it sounds good. Oh, that needs work. But then when you're, when you're learning drumming, it's like, you're really learning drumming and it's yeah. like, it's like you, you're, you know, walking naked. It's like, dude, like what's going on, you know? Yeah. So, and yeah.
1: so I had that in the garage and I just never was very, I didn't feel confident at it. I didn't really take to it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same year, I think my dad, and I think I remember uh, him buying my sister a little, um, it's like a miniature type of guitar for her. She said she wanted to learn guitar, and he oh, bought cool. her something. And so um, so a couple of years passed, and none, nobody was doing anything with music in the household. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I think something changed. I think I went to high school, and I met my friends, mm-hmm. and uh, fell in love with the Arctic Monkeys. It was like around 2006. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, like, man is a whole new door of like what modern music is, you know, growing up and listening to like, you know, fifties music and the Beatles and doo wop and, um, you know, R and B and Motown and Mm -hmm. disco and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, you have one sense of it. And then you realize like there's a whole real, like modern, you know, rock and roll music scene going on and all this stuff. And so I really, um, tried heavily to, to like get into that. Yeah, Uh, with friends and I had a friend that I had met freshman year of high school that played uh, drums and guitar Um, And we got real close and I didn't have anything to offer. So I was like, I'll be the singer and I would sing into a uh, a, An orange cone in my friend's garage. Oh, like a safety cone. Yeah, that was our PA And that was the first like foray into doing something and it never really went anywhere Yeah. (laughs) uh really fun memories though of of listening to music and trying to think maybe it's something I do want to get interested in. Yeah. And so eventually I took that guitar to my sister's room and I restrung that bitch <laughs> and I started playing around with that inside yeah. my bedroom and uh and then a cousin of mine had a guitar and they weren't using it and they said, Do you want it? And I said, Yeah, I want mm. that electric guitar. So I took it and I started learning Island of the Sun. Mm. um, by Weezer. Oh, okay. And, you know, nice. and I just started strumming that. And, uh, once I figured it out, I think I was like, yes, I want to do this. So then I played guitar for about a year without telling anybody. I just worked on it in my room. Nice. And I'm like, mom, you, did you know what song I'm playing? And she's like, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sounded knew- like
0: noise. Right. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Um, I, uh, I can relate to that because I feel like there's a vulnerability, there's a great vulnerability when, you know, you're learning an instrument and then you finally tell, like, your your family, you know, those close to you that you're learning. Because I, I remember being on Reddit and I'm hearing, and I, I, I read a lot of people that when they talk about that they're learning an instrument to their family, a lot of them, like, scoff and they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, and I don't know where that comes from, you know? That's like, crazy.
1: I've never... I guess I've never thought to ask anybody what it was like at the beginning. Because yeah. it, it is. It's a weird thing to do because mm. um you get really into it and you're passionate about it or you want to be passionate about it. Yeah. And learning something like that is completely foreign. I think if you're just, it's the first thing you're doing, you know. If you, it's right. not like your parents' idea to learn the piano right at the beginning and they're like, you're going to sit down and learn that A chord. Right. You know, it's yeah. just like, I guess he's doing this thing. Yeah. and it's kind of up to you and I think I've always been somebody uh that's pretty driven yeah in terms of uh, what I want and what I imagine to be a goal yeah um so I guess I just decided that that was something I was gonna do and so Very since cool. then yeah so I've, I picked up the guitar and I did that for about a year without really telling anybody no friends at at, at school or anything like that and yeah. then I started playing with some other friends and you know then
0: it started rolling
1: downhill from there
0: now let me ask you i i, I want to stick a little bit more to the the practicing notion but sure i wanted to ask you um so you said a year right a year at least a year now did you get any um was your family like where's dominic we're all watching this thing together like did you get anything like that in the house
1: no i, I don't ever really remember that i think um I was very dedicated. I'd play a lot in my bedroom Mm -hmm. and uh, I use, you know, like guitar tabs, ultimate guitar, stuff like that to teach myself. And um, you know, to this day, I'm not a very good uh, finger picker. You know, I'm not very good at that. Um, It is. And I think, well, it's partially to the way you learn. Yeah. I think people learn differently. And for me, uh, what I kind of always knew the direction I wanted more or less to stick with or grow into was songwriting. Right. And so it was really important for me to learn chords right. and to get my fingers comfortable with bar chords and um you know somehow you know I, you memorize all those the A and B flats and E minors and A minors and then you start figuring out barring and you start figuring out you know power chords and you figure out you know then you start doing some jazz stuff and yeah. um dissonant chords that that work but don't right. um, and so it was really important for me that I understand I think the structure of what make a song whole not like focusing on how how this melody works it was like I'll come up with a melody as soon as I have a bass for that right and so that was a lot of it and so they had to hear me um something funny though you know later on my mom would tell me that after I moved out and went to college my mom would tell me uh we really miss hearing guitar we really miss hearing the guitar in the room and i'm like really because it seemed like you guys hated it yeah it's like what does that mean trying to get me to stop okay that's enough
0: now i know you said that you know you wanted to you wanted to have all of the architecture when it comes to making a song and to writing a song did you ever i mean were you ever nervous as far as like okay now i don't need to sing or i should sing should I sing? no? Oh, that's
1: that's like. still a conversation I'm having today. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. I you know, I joke with those uh those friends that are close or those, you know, people that I work with um that are close to me. Um if somebody came in that I knew was a great singer that wanted somebody who wrote and who cared mm-hmm. about writing and playing rhythm guitar, 100% I'd let them do it and take my song. Do it cuz it and sometimes, you know, I think people, we get focused on like, it's your thing, it's your craft. Yeah. And you own it somehow. And the truth is you really, you don't own it. Music is, you know, music is made for more than just you. Yeah. Um, which is funny. I've never shared a lot of these songs that we, we might talk about. Yeah. Um, and so it is just for me, but you know, I also realized too, that I think, um, I think that it's important to be realistic. Um, I think, you know, that you can write a beautiful song and if you don't have the right means to get it out there or the right people, um, playing it, yeah. is it really that beautiful? And mm. I think that that happens. So yeah, it's a conversation I'm still having, but yeah, totally. How do you go from playing in the bedroom, singing to yourself and like being willing to like sing uh, real loud and have a note hit that actually sounds good Yeah. versus just like mumbling to yourself and kind of feeling like, oh, you know, 50% there is as, as a singer-songwriter thing.
0: Was there an artist that like created confidence for you? To start Absolutely.
1: To... I'm still yeah. Uh, M. Ward was a huge one, and um, Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes. Okay. Um, I, I still hold them very high in uh, the style, I suppose, that I sing in. And uh, they're not pretty singers. They're singers that sing with a confidence um, that I guess that they're in the right key. Mm. Maybe, um, but that they're vulnerable to and that they're kind of maybe singing, talking. And I yeah. think that's more of a product of the last, you know, a uh, couple decades that a singer singing, talking kind of form of, of songwriting is acceptable.
0: Because,
1: yeah. you know, I mean, you go back to, like like I said, Motown or something or the Beatles and, you know, you better be able to sing. If you're going to do a Beatles song, if you're going to do a Michael Jackson song, if you're going to do a Temptation song, you better be able to sing it. Right. Yeah, there's no way around that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I think that hearing somebody like Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes um, and some of those songs where there's a vulnerability in that it's uh, it's good and it's ugly, too, uh, and it's a reflection of that emotion, or you can interpret it. It that it's a, a reflection of that kind of emotion. Mm. I think that that's something that uh it made me realize like I can I can do that. I can be c- confident and, and not be always on, um trying to sing something well. But you know I think later on you know as I kept doing it or as I kept writing and building a portfolio of of songs, um you you'll and you'll be able to hear it too I suppose if we play some of these songs how my voice has changed and I've been able to find uh, something that I feel confident in, but you know, I'm the kind of person that does a lot of different types of things in life. And so I'm willing to take different characters and different voices on. Um, and so that's helped me too, to be like, I'm just going to try it. And if it's Mm. okay, it's good. And if I listen to it and I go, that was terrible. I'm not going to do that one again. Yeah.
0: Was there any, um, now t- transitioning into to songwriting mm-hmm. were there any um songwriters that kind of influenced you to write because i mean obviously there's there is one of my friends uh andrew escalante mm-hmm. shout out to him um <laughs> he went to film school and he was telling me that there's there is a certain number as far as the structure of a type of story structure mm-hmm. um was for you was there any type of like musician or songwriter that influenced you to to really uh, to one to songwrite and then two to kind of change how you songwrite? Mm.
1: Uh, that's a pretty deep question. You know, I'm sure that um, that there are. You know, mm. for a, lo- a long time in high school, the kind of music that I uh, listened to and this kind of songs that I was writing, they weren't mm. really the same. They're very different types of songs. Um, I liked a lot of like British rock and stuff mm-hmm. uh, growing up, you know, strokes. And I mean, that's not British, but that's like that indie kind of rock that was started in the early
0: 2000s. Sorry to cut you off. No, no absolutely. You, how did you get into to British rock? British rock? Uh, mm-hmm. That's
1: a good question. Uh, so I think it probably has something to do with, right? I picked up the, my mom actually bought me uh, Hello Goodbye. Okay. Uh, nice. And Arctic Monkeys on the same day at Target. Wow. And you know, my mom was very cool in, in terms of getting, uh, letting me get music and so sometimes she'd surprise me with cds and just she was just musically you know when i was a senior i found her cassettes and my car had a cassette player so i had the smiths you know uh, the queen is dead album and like uh old um, john lennon tapes playing in my car wow and so she would just buy me cds sometimes and so i guess one year uh I asked for a certain kind of album and the guy said if he likes this, you should buy uh, the Libertines and Baby Shambles. So she got me these two and uh, they're phenomenal records. They're really cool. They're really chaotic, but uh, shambolic, if you will. Yeah. And and rock and roll, man. And it was 2004 when a lot of those albums were made. And um, And so this couple of years later, but you know, I, I just, she got that from me and I just loved it. And so I just dug. And the thing is I still do this now. I dig for for music and artists like similar types or, or different things like that. So I'm always on the hunt for stuff. And I think I just went down a rabbit hole of finding groups that I really enjoyed listening to. So um, I guess to wrap that around though, to that question that you said. um, So yeah. So I'm writing songs and I'm listening to like this very different style of music, this English, like rock and roll music. That's not very popular here. Mm. And um, and I don't think that I ever felt like lyrically, I want to be like him. But, you know, yeah. I, I mentioned Connor Oberst um, and that was somebody that showed me that you can write uh, you can be either honest with yourself or you can write a story. It doesn't really matter what you do, mm. but as long as you uh, take it seriously to a degree, Yeah. Um then you can do that. So I I think there's poetry in that. And at the same time, you know, I I was getting really into poetry in high school. And uh, I think those two things, you know, cross uh, very heavily. So a lot of like what I ended up doing, I guess, as I read or I listen to some of these songs back, it's like a diary. It's not a diary, but it is. You know, there there (laughs) are reflections of your age and and moments that I was living at the time and, and issues or ideas or things that I... Probably wouldn't proudly say aloud um, that I wanted to deal with or think about and so, you know I I didn't really worry too much if I wanted to be like somebody. I just wanted to be Me to do what I want to do and be left alone to my own devices,
0: right? I think it's interesting that um, That poetry I feel like uh, that that poetry kind of um, was also an influence alongside you know the your musical influences were there are there any particular poets that inspired you uh when you started writing
1: um when i was young you know you get all the stuff that you get from from high school and i'm talking about War- uh, wordsworth and the romantic poets and william blake and things like that mm. you know edgrell and poe stuff like that and uh i think that does influence you but those guys are really grand they're very they're very big. They're the giants. They're the high standard. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's kind of foolish as a kid to be like, I want to write like that. You know? Yeah, it's like, you want to die like he did? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know? I want to sit
1: and look at clouds and, you know, drink. I want to be in a gardener I never thought that. <laughs> but, you know, I think, you know, it wasn't until uh, a great writer that I found in college because of my first poetry class that I had in college, mm. um, they introduced me to David Berman. Mm unbeknownst to me david Berman was a is a very strange but amazing writer and uh com, you know musician himself sing, playing in bands like silver jews and mm. most recently purple mountains yeah and um you know I, I read his stuff and it just all clicked it all made sense to me why i liked writing and so and so you know i um Fell in love with that style of frankness, I think, and some humor, some wry humor. Yeah. And that one is a book that he has called the Actual Air that I uh, I absolutely, I read it all the time, actually. I've, I must have read it, you know, a thousand times since hmm. I got it. And it's just a book you flip through and you just, I like everything about it. And so that taught me that like, you can be funny and you can be genuine and you can be playful in an interesting way. Um, yeah. That should reflect in your lyrics, um, but you know I think the the main thing that I got out of uh, poetry when you're talking about like lyrics and thinking about writing songs, it's the wordplay, it's the ability to to listen to the way words work with each other. Yeah, and um, I mean this is something that I don't really talk about very often, but I try in a lot of my songs to really work in um, the the inner parts of words t- to to mingle. I'm not trying to always hit the hard r- rhymes and mm. things there are words that just that flow well um and so i think you can i think once you get a, a chance to dig into those concepts and chew yeah. on that i think that's something that becomes more accessible um inner rhymes or the near rhymes that you can slant things or say things in an interesting way that kind of uh, let them work together so i mean that was more i think the more influential part than just saying like this person is the thing i want to write like or things like that it's the concepts that they ask you to think about
0: so you studied Little Wayne? That's what I hear. <laughs>
1: Little L I T T L E. Little <laughs> Lil
0: Wayne? You know Little Wayne?
1: I don't. I've never met him. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> no. Or I guess no. of him. No. But no, I, the reason why I say that is because um, I mean he's he's known as you know one of the greatest rappers, but his his wordplay is really insane. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting you say that because I I, I you know I, I take that in from. Um, you know, other musicians on, on my end that I'm like, wow, like word plays, word plays really crazy. But then, like, here, as far as songs or words that they don't really sound the same, but how they're said, they sound the same. Like, sure. Like, is a master of that. Um, so I found it really interesting that you really take that, you have that in your brain as you're creating, you know, the yeah. story.
1: Yeah, it's not a very like a conscious thing. I'm not saying, like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's uh, the fact that I've read and, and, and I practiced at doing it for so long, and and it's and that's a whole other thing trap you can get into too is that you feel like oh, I've been doing it this way for so long, and then you got to look at it from different ways, mm. different angles, uh, so to speak. So, you know, it's just it's internal. I'm already thinking about it when I'm saying words. My brain is searching for things and similarities between words or or uh, sentence structures or things you can play with it. Um, And So, you know, that's kind of where those these worlds have met in my life that have asked me like to as a foundation to build up if I'm gonna do it You know, I want to do it. I want to do it. Well, and and I enjoy it. It's something that I have fun doing Um, But yeah, I have I have had fun building that because I've gotten this really cool um, Set of masters that I get to look at and Mm. think like, yeah, this is something that I want to do.
0: Yeah Yeah, very cool now to the beginning of the Iliad of your songs. Um, what was the first, what's the first song? Do you remember the first song that you wrote? wrote? I mean, I know that's a ridiculous question because you have so many songs you've written, <laughs> but is that
1: it's, you, well, it's funny that you, you know, you ask that because you know, um, it was, I pulled out the stack today mm-hmm. and I was digging through cause I knew I had it somewhere and I knew, yeah. I know the first song that I, I had written and, um, you know what I was talking about earlier about having these, the, you know, these artists that are operating at a way different level than you are at the beginning, too. Right. And you look up to them. and You say, like, I want to write a song. I want to write. I'm going to write a song. Um, I did that. <laughs> and it's terrible. <laughs> I tried playing it this morning. And uh, I remember why. I remember writing it. And I remember thinking, yeah. But I also remember now I'm looking at it going like, no, (laughs) it's not good, but it's it's it's, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. So I pulled it out and it's called uh, Prescription for Perception. Hmm. And I guess I was on an Alice in Wonderland kick or something. Okay. Um, But, you know, the lyrics, I suppose, like we're talking about this, uh, the inner rhyme. Right. So I have the first two lines are when I open the door to your soul, I wonder how far down it goes soul and goes really don't rhyme but they do because yeah. of the consonants that we're making uh like a rabbit hole uh you know you tease me with handkerchiefs and naughty elephants uh could you be more elegant mm. and so i think those ideas that i wanted to be were there it just doesn't make any sense why the hell i'd write a song like this <laughs> uh so it's deep it's not that's the point is that mm. it's not deep it's mm. It's a kid writing a song that he thinks would is what he should be writing mm-hmm. and it's completely, you know, 180 degrees the wrong. But the concepts are there. Yeah. It's just the intention isn't there.
0: But for the first for the first thing you've written for a song, I would
1: say I didn't even play the chords. You can hear the chord changes, they're <laughs> they're bad. Um but no, I, I get I get it. Yeah, and that, it's, I mean it's interesting. It is, it's cool. I mean, I'm happy that I have it still. And I wrote it really, and nice. here, I'll give you the paper. It's real nicely written, and I've got, like, chords over where I think they're played at. Mm. Um, But, you know, it just it, it strikes me as young, and it yeah. strikes me as in a good way that it's young. It's hopeful in that I'm going to do this. Um, But it's a trip, man. It's a trip to, to do that and play it and um be something completely different different now yeah yeah to look at it and go i don't know i guess this is something i was thinking about
0: (laughs) it's cool to look back at see how far you've gone and that's Um,
1: one of the only ones i didn't record i've got a lot of recordings of all the songs i've written i try to do it actually every song i write probably for the last eight years i've recorded that is one i just i'm happy i didn't put down
0: nice that's (laughs) (laughs) um talk to me about um Talk to me about the first band that you played in. I mean, with so. I mean, for for you, you know, for others that say, you know, you get a band together. I mean, there's a lot of bands where they start together and they don't, you know, they're not at the same level that you would be at if you were to start a band, right? A lot of people that like say like Nirvana, even Arctic Monkeys, like they all decide they're gonna play music, they're gonna play, and then they learned over time and now they're great. But for you. Even though, you know, you're in the beginnings of of writing and whatnot, conceptually, you have a lot together, you know, and you already know, like, even though, like, if a song isn't good, you still know how to write a song and replace chords and things like that. So I find you, it seems like you'd be pretty valuable to a band that you, you would start up. What, uh, what, what was your first band that you remember getting together?
1: Yeah, so... Um The first real group that I got together was for an 11th grade Battle of the Bands, and Ah. it was a joke. Uh, It wasn't a joke, but they brought me in, and um, I could play chords, and this is the first time I really acknowledged that I could kind of play guitar. Mm. Uh, The other guys, uh, my friend Greg Brown, my friend Eric O'Connor. Yeah. And um, we did this for Battle of the Bands. We put some songs together. We did covers of, I think, uh, Jenny, uh, 867-5309. And we did oh, nice. uh, T Rex's um, "21st Century Boy," mm-hmm. and then we kind of jammed out a song. And I didn't even play on that jam song, I don't think. But I sang those songs. Yeah, I think because I was just confident that I would do it. And it's again, you ask, you like, how did you get confident to sing it? It's just like I'm just gonna sing it because mm-hmm. it's kind of, I guess, the type of personality that I have is like willing to take a chance and not really be too too worried by whether or not it's good or it's bad. Yeah. Um. Well, if it's good. Uh and so I remember doing that and so our our name was Massive and the whole point of that stupid name was sexual. to say well, well, as an 11th grade, as an 11th grader, yeah, as a junior, you know, we wanted to close out and say, "Thank you everybody. We are Massive." And I have a video of it and the curtains are closing and I'm like, "Thank you. We're Massive." <laughs> and uh that was the point (laughs) that was the whole point of that name and and it was a it was a fun experience uh for sure to get together with guys and um it wasn't it was something that i was a part of and it was cool to do it um to feel like you could get on a stage and i had this like blue shirt that i bought at like a thrift store and like i was like rocking out and sweating and i'm like yes i like this i want to do this uh but it wasn't until really the next school year um, that I formed, I guess, again, for Battle of the Bands for my senior year of high yeah. school with, uh, my friends, uh, Paige Caldwell, who is now Paige Brickholder. So Paige, if you're listening, yes, I know your last name, <laughs> uh, Corey Webster and a good friend, Alex Garcia. Mm. And, um, it was really Alex's idea and kind of, um, his willingness to start this thing. He had graduated already mm. and, um, I think he and I had started jamming because he was dating a girl who lived near us, okay. uh, near me, and and we just kind of started getting together and meeting up as a as a duo, I guess, writing songs and you know just kind of bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah. And I think this idea of like let's do battle of the bands, and I think Corey was the only drummer that we knew at the time. Okay. I don't even know Corey would be like, I guess I learned how to play <laughs> from uh, what is it the uh, Garage Band game or. Rock Band? Is that oh, a, Rock Band, yeah. You can tell I play a lot of video games. <laughs> um, and Corey, if you hear that voice, I apologize. I know it's not very accurate.
0: No, he doesn't care. It's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he came in and is like, he's going to play, you know, drums. And uh, yeah. the only bass player that I knew at the time that I could work with and that was a good friend of mine was Paige. Yeah. And bringing her in, she had a great Setup though at her house, and oh man, um, do you remember setup, that place?
0: That's uh, yeah, because I was kind of like a rodeo, like <laughs> at the time, yeah, you <laughs> did help like, us out, yeah. I, I was just really like, I, I just wanted to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form, so even if I didn't play, and yeah, that setup is amazing.
1: Well, they've moved a couple times, I, I mean, that's you know, that's gone, but you know? what a, it's a great memory though of a, of a cool practice space, it's like yeah. the epitome of where you want you to grow a practice space for. Yeah, you know, and she had it, so we would always go there, and um, Alex and I took turns writing songs, and so we didn't write too many uh, lyrics together, mm-hmm. um, but we took turns singing and doing that stuff, and we did it for the Battle of the Bands, and we had, I think, four originals, and I think we ended up finishing off with, like, six or seven originals, mm-hmm. um, and that was really cool. That was an important time in my life, because, you know, you're finishing up senior year, you're, uh, you know, I guess you're at the hopefully enjoying what you're doing if you're in school or whatever looking forward to what's next and that was a really cool um a really cool experience to get friends that were graduated that were older than you but also you know willing to go out on a limb and do something original and fun and not feel like you're getting pressure to make this thing amazing you're not pressured to make you know something happen you just want to do it because it's fun and uh, that was cool. And, and we have a, a, a Q, we call it the Q DVD. So we were called the Q, um, named after Paige's dog. Uh,
0: oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So her uh, Basset Hound, oh, okay. Q. Nice. And we were going back and forth on a name. And I don't really remember what we were talking about for names. But uh, we ended up with the Q. Nice. And so that kind of worked out. And people always spelled it wrong, like C-U-E. And I'm like, no, it's just the letter. Mm.
0: It's a letter. Come yeah. on. Yeah
1: um we ended up with a q dvd that we made and our friend andrew hakeem uh videotaped it out Nice. and uh, you know we would jam though during these times i was jamming with my other friends yourself included Corey and brian guthrie and andrew hakeem we were jamming in the garage and we never officially had a band or anything like that yeah but it was fun to do that and we knew that that you know everybody was talented in what they were pursuing so when he did the video for us you know I. I've made sure to keep it and so I'm still trying to get those files um, to last oh. forever and as an actual computer file and not just a DVD right because DVDs are dead <laughs> but I still watch it from time to time oh nice yeah and it's fun it's a cool thing to look back and go that was that was a good project but you know you're a kid and you're ready to grow up and do other things I think yeah That's were what there, I see
0: right were there any um, were there any like personal takeaways that you got from playing like uh, like jamming with us and whatnot because i know like for jamming me, at
1: the in andrew's garage
0: yeah just like that and then oh yeah
1: that's a good question um it's the camaraderie of doing it i think more than anything it was always a good time to do it and i think everybody they felt confident and it was fun and um uh, there's a work ethic I think inside of that just being willing to, to make it to somebody's house, to set up your gear, to set up and jam and, and do something like that. Um, I'm sure those recordings or some stuff like that exists somewhere. I don't have any of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was an importance of just that camaraderie of just coming together to do something. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, now looking as an adult, like what a more constructive thing could you want your kid to be doing? Like Hanging out yeah. at Bakers for three hours, just whatever. Or like, <laughs> and Bakers is a place. <laughs> yes. For those of you not from Southern California, <laughs> it's a restaurant. Yes, yeah,
0: restaurant like In and Out, but not In and Out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, or you know, at their friend's house, hopefully playing music like they say. Right. But you know, jamming out in the garage and stuff. That was a cool. That was a special time too. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So those are the very first. A uh, couple groups or or things that were going on, I think that really allowed me to just kind of actually practice and keep playing, not just in the bedroom and being like, I just play guitar for myself. Yeah, I've always been interested in bringing it out and doing something else. Um, but you know cautiously too, it's I want the right thing. yeah, and I think that's something I've always been searching for. So it's what's the right move, what's the right project to 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 play the the songs that I want to write or perform even? yeah what's the right thing you know i'm not interested in just playing guitar just to play it here to my house i do like it and i do enjoy it but moving things out that's kind of where i've always thought it would go or what Mm. i wanted it to go
0: Mm. interesting yeah it's funny there's been a reoccurring theme that i keep coming back to even from the last episode um uh, when it comes to serving the song Hmm. you know what is going to serve the song is that something you think about
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I think about it a lot more now. Yeah, me too. Serving the song as an as as long as I've been trying to do this, um, but I think that's a very really special point of view that you have to get to. I yeah. don't think you can serve the song while you're really in the midst of the song. I think it takes time.
0: It's like a humbling moment, right?
1: Yeah, it's humbling and it's uh introspective. Mm-hmm. You have to think about it and you have to to dissect why you're even doing it or what you're doing. And um I think that's only on, you know, playback or coming back around to something. I think when you're in the middle of writing something, it's not it's not as important as actually finishing the thing. Mm-hmm. And then you serve the song when you're actually, you know, doing something with it. So, you know, for for better or worse I've written a lot of songs that I'm not really serving the song because I just wanted to write it Mm. I didn't do anything with it I've not given it out to people I've not put it up on any internet place I've not played them live I've written them and I've enjoyed them for myself and for those that care to ask me about them you know I've let people listen to it Um, but that's not really serving the song it's not until I think you know me getting into playing with groups at a certain level that are willing to dig into the song and ask why this works or why this doesn't work, or what can we do as an exercise to make it um, uh, work for everybody, yeah. or what can we do to expand its range. Um, and I think that that comes with just like yeah, that that comes with that work. It comes with putting in the work to adding to doing a song for a reason. Yeah. Or recording it. It's the same thing, you know. It's a, you know, you're sitting back and you're playing a part for fifteen, you know, fifteen times. Why are you playing it that way? Have you thought about doing it this way? You know, yeah. that's when you get to serve the song. I think so. I think it's um, it's an important feature, but I think it's a feature that that comes only when you have the time and the energy to really spend on what the song is, and not just in the making of the song.
0: Right, makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you remember a point in time where you noticed that um, your writing changed? Like as far as, so for example, you know, like, um, you know, when I was working on Life on a Canvas, which is now on Spotify, I finally got it on there, Um, search J-Powell, that was a point in time where, um, I mean, there was a lot of uh, loneliness involved, a lot Mm. of people were transitioning on to... Long Beach and just like moving out of the state, things like that. And then luckily, I was able to work with Corey, you know, who's in another state, you know, drumming. Yeah. What, did you have an experience like that where you noticed, uh, even just from like a songwriting perspective, where you noticed your writing kind of your songwriting, what your song was about, kind of changed? Um, and you see, and um, during a, a, an important part of your life, was there anything that that happened like that for you?
1: Well, so in in. Yes, so in writing, like uh, for myself or acoustic and things, um, I've recorded under a lot of different names, mm-hmm. and I do that. And I, I think our friends, <laughs> you included, probably get a little annoyed when you're like, well, "I would like that song. Who, you know, what song? Where is it at?" And there's I've got like all these different names that I've come up with, and I think the reason that I've I've separated these names is because um, they're different versions of me. They're different ways of writing or the different intentions of the songs. Um, and so, you know, when I first started, it was Imaginary Animals. And it, it's, a, it's an okay name, but it's just an ill-thought-out, poorly recorded thing that I did. And then it went on to this thing called Shameless Matadors. And I can't tell you why it was mm-hmm. that, but it was for a while in high school. Um, a lot of breakup songs written there. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of being in love songs written there. A lot of breakup
0: songs in the, in the, in the wild. Okay.
1: uh while I was in college and that was kind of like 2009 to 2011 and I was recording songs like under that <laughs> And in 2011 all the way till now, I pretty much decided I'm going to stick with that as my home recording name. Good used to be. Just I wasn't taking you for granted. all different songs, they're all different styles of singing and I talked a little bit before about how when I'm singing I- I'm trying to find a voice. I'm trying to find the voice for it and the project. And, you know, f- for good or bad, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing really. Mm-hmm. I-, I can have different voices. I'm you know, I like to do uh I also act as you know and I do other I do plays and things sometimes and so that requires me to put on a different style of voice or a different style of speaking um and i'm very animated um again i don't know if that's good but that also comes across in the way that i i perform certain songs the way i record songs i'm i'm yeah. able to channel a different type of energy i think um
0: was there a um was there a musician or a performer that inspired kind of your That type of like your type of acting or what have you anything that kind of transcended into you being a performer and being a vocalist or whatnot where you're like, I really like how that person's doing.
1: Well, indirectly what I've heard from other people. And so I I won't answer that personally. I don't think that that's something I I could speak to. Okay. Um, but people have said I'm very similar or a lot of family. I'm like, I'm Jerry Lewis. I make a lot of faces Oh and do a lot of silly things and I'm comfortable with that. Um, that's a it's a weird outlier like an idea But that idea that you know your voice can be whatever you want to make it You just have to be willing to make it that I think yeah a lot of people um, Well, I look at things and like they have a shtick. there are things that I hear people doing that I'm like, well, that's modern. That's of the time That's a reflection of what you know, but what is that person and, and I, luckily I have like five different versions of what I think I am You know, yeah um, so so, yeah, so those all have different styles of writing, I think. Um, but it wasn't really until a friend asked me. I had a band uh, called Kick Some Crux that I did.
0: I want to get into that. <laughs> I will. Uh,
1: so yeah. so as a like a broad blanket statement, if you will. Sure. Um, a friend asked me, you know, what's the difference between this song, this style of songs that you're doing with like he the Caveman or writing at home um, versus what you're playing in the band? And uh, what I said basically was... Um, he, uh, he, the caveman, is something that comes from like my heart, and something that is kind of personal that I don't really feel the need to share. Okay. I don't need to write a love song because I don't think people need to be privy to that part of my life. It's not really important that I share that with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that a lot of the stuff that I write uh, for here at home that I don't share very much is very personal and, and ideas that I, you know, I don't think people are gonna go, hmm, like what's that about. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just it's something that I'm writing just because I, I need to work something out, and it makes me feel better to do that. Yeah. Um, and whereas he kick some crugs, was very methodical. It yeah. was very much how do I use the best parts of my ability to songwrite? How do I, um, how do I make something that's catchy? How do I make something that works for a whole? Group of people, what is something more elevated, if you will, or sophisticated about what I can do as a songwriter? It was more of my brain. Yeah. And so, um, so at that point, you know, there was a, a whole thing about that, that it was very separate um, what I was writing at home and what I cared about writing about and feelings and things. And uh, He Kate K- and Kick and Crux really just had a, a very much driving force of what are the best parts of songwritings and what are the things that you can contribute as a songwriter to make something a really good song yeah but I wasn't necessarily asking myself like how do you feel about this and so that was a very interesting um i think separation of the two that i've, I've really realized as i've listened to some songs um and i think some of them blur that line too <laughs>
0: Before I do, you gotta ask. I'm still looking at these papers, man. <laughs> well, what? and, and the, the reason, the the what I wanted to ask was, um, I mean, one, I think this is amazing, but what what drives you to write the, the to write as much as you write? Like, what is the driving what's mm-hmm. the driving force for you? Because I know I've known people that that have made stuff every now and again, you know, and you know sure, sure sure some people are busy some people they just don't have that type of um that creative fuel to pull things out like that i mean what what would you say is a driving force for you writing songs
1: um hmm well first i do say this and i and i try to and i try to say this in like a a f- a congenial friendship way I don't think you're ever too busy to be creative. Mm. I think it's up to you as as a motivation for yourself, how you can be creative. I think people, they give excuses a lot of the time why they can't do something. Mm. And I think if you really want to do it, you just do it. It's just something that happens. Um, So, you know, I completely understand about being tired and about being busy going places. And I'm, I try to be very busy. I try to keep up a pretty hectic schedule, but I try to make time to do it because it's important to me. Um, I don't know how or why. Maybe, maybe getting back to the idea that it's something I need to work out. Ideas and and issues that I'm having either in personal life or work life or questions that I'm having, Um, and it just helps. It just helps to sit. And um, I've created for the last i don't know eight years probably um a a routine i write very and it's mostly worked this way uh saturday mornings sunday mornings too sometimes um i carve out a space i get up i make myself coffee or i take care of the few things that i got to do in the morning and then i sit with the acoustic guitar and i play for a couple hours um if i'm lucky i can play half the day Mm -hmm. not being interrupted and i can record some stuff um but I've tried to write and record in the same day. So some of the songs aren't as well thought out as they probably can be. Um, but I know that it's something that I care about doing later. If I want, if I really want to make it work, I can make it work later. Um, it's kind of that whole like Beatles thing where Paul McCartney would put substitute words that he was just like eggs and bacon or whatever, you know? Um, but it's a habit. It's a habit that I've made it a habit to do it. And it's Mm -hmm. important to me. It's important that I keep that going because it's, um, it's self-soothing, man. It just feels good to do it for me, and I get—I'm excited. Then, like, I go to work on Monday, and I'm like, I got a new song. I get to listen to. Yeah. And nobody else is, you know, nobody else is like, Dom's got a new song. I'm yeah. Listening. Hey. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Nobody's like, this shit. Ladies and gentlemen, new song. <laughs> no, it's very just like, and then I pick it apart. Mm-hmm. I record it and I listen to it, and then I listen to it and I listen to it, and I, but in, and sometimes that can feel weird, like. Oh, you like listening to your own song, and but I'm really have come to a point where I can listen and listen and listen and and go, okay, I know what I need to do. Like this part needs to be different. This part can be changed. I can, I basically edit in my brain how I can fix a song or or make it where it can go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just habit, man. That's all it is is habit, and it helps. Uh, it helps work through th- ideas and things, therapeutic. And so, you know, majority of these songs are not written for anybody or anything other than, you know, myself. And, you know, going back to your question, does it serve the song? Probably not, but I'm getting around to it. Yeah. I'm getting around to some of that.
0: Yeah. I think your, your way to um, to make things a habit and to follow things through, I've always find, found it a very... Um, powerful thing and, and, and uh, a very strong attribute of yours, you know, and, uh, it's something that I've respected greatly from you. Well, thank you. Um, you're welcome. You know, uh, I think, you know, there's, there's outlets that, you know, I, I mean, I've worked with people where, you know, just things didn't work out and, you know, it, it basically just mean that maybe not everybody was all in, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, you know, and, you know, you're one of those, you're one of those those people that, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And I think that's a, that's just a life thing. I mean, that's really awesome. You know, something that you find really important, make time for it.
1: Yeah. Um, and two, I think it's partially getting, um, getting the right people involved, getting mm-hmm. the people that you believe in, that you see strengths in. And I think as a, a side of me just being a guitar player and writing songs, it's, I like making projects and I like having purpose. I yeah. like adding a purpose for doing the thing. Um, so you're right. So asking somebody to write, you know, this pile of songs probably wouldn't go over well if I was like, can you write this many songs? Just because people would just be like, I don't want to fucking do that. Right. But <laughs> me saying, can you, you know, to even to you mm-hmm. pull together f- five songs, mm-hmm. I'll record them for you if you get it and you're ready to do it. Yeah. I'm honest and I want to be true about that. And that's a thing is I, I think that. If it's a skill that I have that in doing that, pulling in the right people that want to do that as well yeah, and feel satisfied in making and finishing projects or seeing through bands or seeing through small tasks um, that go from point A to point B that involve music, I think it's important and it should be something that we should do. And honestly, it just, it makes everybody better. Yeah, And that's the point. It's not for it shouldn't be just for you or just for me or it's the spotlight or it's um influence or whatever it's not really about that it's really about just the betterment of yourself or the or the concept or the ideas it's a it's just going forward committing to something and feeling like you've done something whether or not that something actually matters in the grand scheme of things. Right. That's all to be determined. That's nobody's, that's nobody's decision or prerogative other than it is what it is. Yeah. But the concept of f- feeling like you fulfilled something is what becomes important. And that's what, you know, that's what this paper, that's what all this stuff is. It's, I've done it. If I bite the dust tomorrow, good luck trying to sell that shit.
0: Yeah. At least you have a, you have a legacy. Maybe. Know? Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. all right everybody that is going to conclude part one of this interview uh, featuring dominic paramo be sure to check out part two it's going to be released on wednesday uh he's going to be talking about a lot of really cool uh stories regarding kicks and crux also some new music he's been working on uh as well be sure to tune in then again my name is Jarrell, and this is the 440 you'll hear from me soon <laughs>